Well, it's good to be here. It's great to be here. Been looking forward to this to this weekend for for quite some time. Uh, looking forward to it and preparing for it and praying about it and just been really excited and so good to see. Um, we have too many people here, right? We have more than what we we're even supposed to have, and they, uh, people up here have graciously allowed us to have that. And it's just been an awesome time. Um, you guys need to make sure that you thank uh, Sean and Anthony and Trish and uh, Mark and probably the guys. I mean, just so many people to thank for for getting ready for this. We don't even we don't even know all the preparation that's gone into it, just so that we could have a time to to meet with God. Um, we just had a great time last night in our cabin. Did you guys all have a good time? Uh, what a what an awesome time in the Word, and then got to go and and, and last year we had free time after that, and we just thought this time it's like let's just really take advantage of every minute that we've got up there. And um, gosh, uh, got to to hang out with uh, Richard and and um, Rory was there, and and Nate and and Jason and uh, Charlie. And uh, just got to get to know them a little bit. And gosh, we, we just talked about what was real. And that's been our prayer, Rory and uh, the rest of the elders and Stuart, as we've been getting ready for this, just that guys would just be real, just be open, and just let the, let the barriers come down. Uh, just be willing to be broken. Just like John, like Anthony, like I'm going to. <laughs> uh, you know, and so so for our time, and I talked to a few other guys in the other cabin time, just an awesome time uh, to be real and get to talk with one another. And we had tears in the cabin last night. We had real raw emotion, and it was just a good place. It was a good place to be. And uh, sometimes those times are, are more powerful even than the, um, than the teaching, or not that the Word isn't powerful. We know how powerful the Word is, but just seeing it real, just seeing guys being real and and vulnerable. Uh, you know how much pride is represented in this room right now? <laughs> so unfortunate. And I'm probably the leader in that. Um, just a great time. And been uh, getting ready for this time, like I said, for a while, knowing that we're going to teach in Romans and then, then, you know, looking in it and just seeing this, uh, even pride being in this second section of the, of the three. Rory, you know, it's like the first is like I really feel the Lord wanting me to be here in, in the first couple of verses, and and I really just I've, excuse me, um, uh, just known that um, that God wanted me in the in the second section there, and um, just speaking, of, I'm not going to get real heavy into pride um, t- today, but it's, it talks about God's grace and and um, on the vein of being real and being open, um, just uh, uh, been preparing for this, uh, trying to, to make time to, uh, to prepare for it this week, and then um, Thursday we had a, a, a prayer meeting, our normal prayer meeting, and, and um, I got to study uh, quite a bit that day, uh, which, was, which was good, it was nice, but I was really struggling, um, not with what the text said, but getting it put down on paper, and... Um, just was really struggling with it, really struggling with my thoughts on it and um, how it would flow. I was struggling with illustrations and, 
And I, and I know, you know, I've, I've listened to, to Art Azurdi and he's, you know, instruction on how to teach here and read some stuff on Mark, uh, or from Mark Driscoll. And it's like, here's the things, here's how I do it. And here's how I lay out my message. And you got to have this hook and you've got to, you know, and kind of working on all this stuff, you know, and uh, trying to, to get this, this uh, good message prepared. And, um, you know, I got down there on a Thursday well, before that, I, I just, uh, before I even got down there, I just got really frustrated because it wasn't going as well as I thought. Um, and it wasn't going as, as I thought it was going to, you know, as, as I had it planned in my mind. And so I get down there and just Stuart and Rory and I said, hey guys, I just, you know, just pray for me. I'm just really struggling. And so they were faithful to pray. And then we went into prayer that night and um, um, just had a great time in prayer. And just just worship the Lord and just just took the you know my eyes off of me you know on the message and just put them on God for a little bit and just was great set stuff aside that was Thursday night it's like okay Friday here we come you know God and just just open up in me and just speak you know uh, through me and help me put it on paper and so Friday comes along and and it's going pretty well you know and just I'm getting to be able to put this stuff on paper and 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 my dad calls and I talk to him and I'm praying for you and that was that was encouraging. I said, hey, things are going better today. And talked to Rory and Stewart. I've got this study going, going pretty good. And, and uh, just uh, even got up this morning and um, just uh, preparing this morning early and uh, just believing that, that God's got something to say today uh, through this second section for sure. But I've just... Just have had something. It's just, it's just, it's just been difficult for me to how I usually do it. Um, uh, get ready for uh, you know a teaching. I don't teach that often, but I'll, I'll, I'll write it down. And I used to write it word for word, but that was really a distraction. I, I don't, I, you know, I had this fear, I guess, of not doing well, you know, and having to just bomb it. And I, you know, say something and go in a different direction or lose my train of thought. So I write it word for word. Well. Uh, the last time I did that, I got really frustrated because I got really hooked to my notes. You know, that was back when um, Ryan was the pastor, and he's like, oh, "Just, just you, you know what's in there? Just get away from that. You can do it." It's like, "No, I can't. I've got. I'm afraid. You know, I'm afraid." And so, um, this last uh, time I taught, uh, you know, a little while back, I was able to do that, and God, you know, I got away from the notes, and and um, and uh, was able to to basically just memorize the whole. I mean, I just worked at it. I had time, you know, two days prior to this. You know, people, I, I just basically I practice and practice, and I get what I want to, you know, and tweak it just a little bit, and I've got it. And it's like, God, I know that your work. That's that's just, you know, and and this time it that hasn't worked. It, I can't. I haven't been able to do that. I haven't been able to put it on paper and articulate my thoughts. And I'm. I, even this morning, this morning, it's today, and this is the day I'm going to be teaching. I'm, I'm like, I start talking, and it's like, no, that's, no, and, and I just get frustrated. And it's like, I've just, you know, and, and, and God's just been showing me this morning, this is where I've got to talk about first, that, um, that uh, we had the fast a while back, and one of the things I prayed for, one of the things that really, for my life, um, you know, is pride. Just uh, just have a hard time dealing with that. You know, I'm the oldest boy in the family of four. You know, my brothers look up to me. Um, 
I've always wanted people to like me, like who I was. I worked hard, maybe not necessarily for being a great worker and, and glorifying God, probably not at all, but I wanted people to say, you're good. You know, you do a good job. Gosh, you're a hard worker. You're the, you're the best we've got. And that's what it, so in hard work, everything I did, I just worked hard because that's what I wanted to be. That's who I wanted to be known as. And, you know, and, and I have my own company and, and, um, you know, and God has blessed me with that. And I give God credit for that. I, but, but it's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good thing too. And, and, and then you're a husband, you're the head of the household, you know, and so that's, that's me. I'm the head of my household too. And my wife listens to me and, uh, you know, and, and I'm an elder in the church and people listen to me. And it's like all this stuff that it can really get to me. It's like, I, man, I'm, I'm the head everywhere I'm at. I look, I'm the top, you know, and, and, for, and for me, that's just not good. It's just not a good thought. It's, it's sometimes that's been a curse. Um, and wrapping it back into this study, um, I think, this, you know, I want to be able to teach well, but not always for the right reasons. It's not always because I want you guys to, you know, to be hit hard with the gospel, and to understand and to grow. Um, some of it's because I want, I want to teach well. I want people to think, God, oh, he, he, he does a pretty good job. You know, he's not Rory, but hey, he does a pretty good job. You know, and oh, that was good. That was impacting. And, and so everywhere I turn, it's just I struggle with this pride thing. And so God is just really, I'm just not there right now. It's just not there. I'm not confident in what I'm going to say. I'm confident in the truth of what I'm going to say, but I'm not, I don't know how it's going to come out. I, struggle, I, was like, I, I struggled even getting illustrations this time. It's like I can't, you know, so I don't know how it's going to go. Um, but I've been praying that God would just humble me. This is pretty humbling. I don't mean to make this about me, you guys. Not not at all. I don't want anybody, no pity party or anything like that. Um, or, or just encouragement afterwards. Hey, that was great. I don't need any of that. I really don't. I need people, when I talk, I need people to see Jesus, not me. Let's just uh, let's pray. God, we just ask that uh, that you would speak to us, God. God, I pray that these men would see you. God, I pray that as I stand here, I would see you that we would just see the grace, the enormity, Lord, of you. God, I pray that we would see the privilege in getting to worship you. God, forgive us, forgive me for ever thinking worship is a have to. God, you are so... You're so worthy of our every thought, God, of our every move in life. 
God, may we be impressed with you this morning. May you be exalted, God, in this teaching. God, and if I fall flat on my face, God, I just pray that guys would hear you. God, I pray that they would hear the truth, God. This is about you, and it's for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Romans 12. This humbling time, is this still on? Is, that, is it going in and out? Okay. This humbling time started uh, earlier. I, I forgot my Bible on my garbage can and had all my notes in it. And it's like, oh gosh. I got this comfort, you know, I it's got all my notes and stuff written down and got the version. It's got to be the version I've been using, the ESV. And ah, no big deal. We'll just fax it. Well, we, for some reason, the fax. Wouldn't, it wouldn't connect, you know? It's like, ah, and a little bit of panic setting in, you know? And I will just email. Email's not coming through. It's like, what's going on, you know? This isn't cool. I was really confident here a minute ago. And uh, email finally worked. And and then uh, and this morning, I down there, hang out with Anthony for a little bit, and he let me use his Bible and and uh, left my notes down there again. It's like, Everywhere I turn around, I'm leaving my notes, leaving my Bible, and it's like, jeez, I can't. It should be a, you know, as a soldier, I should be packing that everywhere. It's like, oh, sorry, God, keep forgetting everything I'm going to do today, you know. So, oh, man. Hopefully we'll be blessed because of the message, not the messenger here. So I know a few of you guys weren't here, so we'll get caught back up, um, get, catch you up to speed, I guess. Um, Romans 12. Um, just as, it's only a couple of verses, so let's just read it real quick. Uh, the first verse, the first couple of verses here. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and what is acceptable and what is perfect. Um. So as Rory covered yesterday, the, 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 Paul is exhorting. Paul is begging. He's not commanding. And even though he tells us in, in Philemon, I believe it's verse 8, that I can command. The gospel can command. It can come at you in a commanding way. Um, the gospel demands that we love God. But that's not how God teaches. That's not how Jesus teaches. And Paul doesn't teach that way. He, he begs us. He pleads with us in light of what God has done for us. In light of that, in light of God's mercy, let's worship God. Let's lay our lives down as a living sacrifice. It's what's reasonable. It's the reasonable thing to do in light of what God has done. And what's reasonable mean? What, what's the root of that? Reason. We actually get to use our mind and to look, to investigate and go, this seems right. This makes sense. So we look at God and we see that all through, chapter, or all through the first 11 chapters that we were sinners and that Christ died for us and he's our only hope. He's the only way. He's our savior. That seems very reasonable just in that. Well, all we got to do too, it seems reasonable that God is our, that he would be our God 
for that. But what, what else we can do is we can go and look back at the other gods that are out there in our lives, the other gods that the world has to offer. Look at the other men, the other men that have claimed to be God, that have died. They didn't rise again. There's no hope in that. There's no hope in, uh, so you say, well, you know, I'm, I don't have these other carved images. I don't have these other gods I worship. I don't have, what about the stuff then? What about the things that you want to bring you hope? Our jobs, right? Our, yeah, if I could just get this job, I could, then my life is going to line up. Well, the economy comes down. Things change. That job doesn't even exist anymore. Or it's not nearly the job that you thought it was. What about your spouse? They're... They're dying. They're crumbling. What about your home? It's falling apart. The second that we build it, they're falling down. Um, your, your rigs, our hope that we put in that, and, and you know, it, it's falling apart as well. Everything that the world has to offer crumbles. Uh, we're, we're taught that in, in uh, Romans chapter 8, that God, in his goodness, has um, given everything up for destruction so that the world all groans for the return of Christ. So the world, everything over here on this side is, is falling apart. Nothing works. You can try all these different things. You can try the, the different pleasures of this world. Nothing works. It doesn't work, okay? Or you can look and read in Scripture and, and look at God's promises when he says, Seek me first, that you'll find me. Um, delight yourself in me, and I will change your desires. I'll give you the desires of your heart because they'll change. I'll come into your life. I'll make you a new creation. So you look at what he did for us, and you see that this is reasonable just by what he did. But if that isn't good enough, why don't you go try this over here for a while? And a lot of us have, a lot of us did, and we see that that's not good enough, or that that didn't work, rather. Okay? So our conclusion is what? It's reasonable that we worship God. It's not reasonable that I worship these other things that don't work. It's reasonable that I worship the man who came and died for me. That's reasonable, right? Okay, and as we're now worshiping the right thing, we see that um, uh, in, in verse 2, we see that um, we're not conformed to this world. If we're over here worshiping the world, we're conformed to the world. If we're over here worshiping God, we're conformed to him, to his image. And while we're being transformed, conformed to him, that's transforming our minds. It's transforming our heart. It's changing us from the inside out. And as we're being transformed, and as we're being renewed, and as we're worshiping God, we start to understand and see what the will of God is. Because God doesn't come and save us and say, sit right here until my return. You know, God has a will for us. God wants us to love him and to love people, to be a part of the body of Christ that I've saved you to. He has a will for us. We're on this earth to enjoy it and and to to, um, have dominion over the earth and to be amongst people and to worship God, to glorify God. So he has a will for us. So we've been... We, we, we see that this is the reasonable place to worship. Now we, our minds are transformed. He has something for us to do. Okay? And the next section that we're going to get into is we see that now as we get to go do something, we're wanting to do because we're so excited and, about God and we're, and, we're, and we're living. We've got to work. We do all these things. He gifts us in things. He gives us things to do. He gifts us in those. Let's take a look and let's get into the next section here. Uh, we're going to take a look at uh, 3 through 8 here.
For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having the gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in his generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Okay, so um, Paul is is so excited. He's pleading. He's, you know, this is in a letter, but you can just picture him like Roy was saying yesterday that he's just on his knees. He's like, okay, and he's just so excited. Look what God has done for us. And he's just pumped and he's going, okay. And it's reasonable that we worship, right? It's reasonable that we do this. And as we do this, okay, um, uh, he, he transforms our mind. We we're start to get conformed to his image. We start to get it. We're, we're in the word, and we start to understand what his will is for our lives. And his will is that we move. And as we move, we get spiritual gifts. We get these gifts. He helps us in our movement, right? Let's, let's keep going. Let's keep going. But Paul says, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stop right there. Verse 3, what's it say? Before we get going in any movement, but before we get... Using our spiritual gifts, verse 3 says, For the, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. What? We're, we're going, Paul. We're, we're with you. We're, we're cruising now. You just said, stop, stop. What, why, why insert this pride here? Why do this? He, he, he's talking about grace. Why we, why we, what, what are we doing? Paul doesn't just do this here in this teaching. In 2 Timothy 2, he's doing the same thing. And Paul, Paul's doing this all throughout his teachings. Like, just, just we're, we're working for God. We're working with God. We're working as Christians. We're working as soldiers. In 2 Timothy 2, the first thing he says, though, the first verse is, you know, go in the strength of grace that's given to us from Jesus Christ. It's grace. And then he talks about being a soldier. Then he compares us to being an athlete, and we're working, and we're obeying the rules, and we're, we're going. And then a farmer, we're, a, we're working hard. And then he's in verse 8, but, but, but remember grace. Remember the cross. So Paul, Paul's always stopping. He's starting, stop, start, stop. He's always saying, remember grace. Remember, remember, remember. Remember the cross. Why, why would Paul do this? Why does Paul do this? Paul, Paul knows man. He knows, he has seen the Israelites. He has seen, he has, he has, he has read about the Israelites and, and about how they, what? That God does incredible things for them. And they worship him. They start out with him. And then, then they lose track. They lose sight of that. And then, they get to worshiping other gods, right? So Paul knows that we forget. Paul knows that we forget. Paul knows that um, the first thing is that, that we forget where we came from. He, we, we forget who saved us. We forget how great that was. We forget from the depths that we've come from. 
Um, and so we just get to working, and it, it starts out well. We're going well, but it, it, it may even keep going this direction, but we forget everything. We forget where we came from. And so we veer off that direction, or maybe we even keep going, but it, it, it's, it's without God. It's without grace, and it starts to become self. And then we get, then we get prideful. <laughs> and we get prideful because we forget where we came from. We forget the grace that allowed us to be doing the movement that we're doing in the first place. He knows that we're worshipers. Paul knows that we're worshipers. So we're going to be worshiping something. So he's saying the best way to worship the right thing is to remember, to reflect, to stay here at the cross. Don't go anywhere. You know, take a couple steps and then remember the cross. Don't get very far. The first thing that you do before you go do anything, we're, we're worshiping, our minds are transformed, we get the will of God, and before we go anywhere, we remember the cross. We remember. Pride can't come in. It, we, self gets eliminated when we start from the cross. Right? And then when we stay at the cross... The story of the cross has been told more than any other story ever. We've heard it so many times. But for us, we can forget. It's easy, not that it ever happened, and not that it, yeah, that it ever happened in our life, but look what happens when we really think about it. Look what happened with Anthony started reflecting last night, John reflecting today on the cross for them, what Jesus did for them, where they were taken from. They just they wept. No one likes to cry in front of a bunch of men. <laughs> but that's from pride. But you just stop and you think about what you're doing, where you've come from. All of you guys were on a collision course with hell. All of you guys were dying a spiritual death. You all were going to face the wrath of God. And by the grace of Jesus Christ, we don't have to face that. We don't have to face God's wrath. You guys, you look at what Jesus Christ, how he was here and and what he went through, the torture that he went through. And a lot of you guys may just think about that. We look at the movie... Um, passion of the Christ and the blood and the stuff everywhere. But that wasn't it. That's, that's not what was so difficult for God. Uh, for Jesus, Jesus prayed in the garden before he was to be crucified. God, if there's any other way, let it be. But not my will. Yours to be. Three times can we do this any other way? Is there anything different that we can do here? And it wasn't because of the physical death that he was going to go through. One of the things that tells us, I heard a guy teach this one time, and what, just an awesome thought in that was, you look at the disciples and how afraid that they were. And Rory touched on that on Easter Sunday. Uh, they were so afraid, Peter um, denied Jesus in front of a little girl. He, wasn't, he didn't have the courage mustered up inside of him to even to, to, to die for God. These guys were cowards. They were weenies. And, and, but yet these same weenies, you know, they... they were crucified upside down. They died for him. They had the yes, because everything, they, they got it. They, they, the power of the Holy Spirit was in them. 
And they got it. And they said, kill me. I don't care. Kill me. It's for him. Well, Jesus had this. He had the Holy Spirit in him. He had that power. He wasn't afraid of death. He wasn't afraid of that physical thing. So what was it that he was afraid of? What was it that brought fear into? What was it he was like, I want, you know, is there any other way? It's the wrath of God. You guys have never seen the wrath of God. You've never, never experienced it in your life. The real, ultimate, shut out, blackness, separation forever from God. That's got to be so horrible. And that's permanent. And it's forever. And we can never, ever, ever forget. And don't get very far in your day at work, at school, wherever you're at. I'm thinking about that. If you think about that and you remain there, now you're ready for the work of God. Now you're ready to move forward in your day. Now you're ready to, to, to stay here, you guys. It's at the foot of the cross. And we as leaders and being real up here with you guys this weekend, and, and Rory was the first last night to confess idols and pride and the different things in his life. And it's, we, you know what? We, we, sometimes we go, hey, there's, there's room over here at the cross. You guys need to find this cross, you know? And, and it's, it's, it's not over there. It needs to be here. I need to be there. So we, come here, there's room here with me at the cross, right? Stay there. Stay at the cross. You guys, don't get very far. Please, don't get very far. And that is for me. That, th- this message is, is for me. Somehow, I must make that insignificant in my life to want to build me up, to have other people look at me. And this is what the pride does. Pride has to be fed. Pride has to be fed. If I want people to think well of me, I've got to be doing things throughout the day for them to think well of me. So I've got to be thinking about what to do so someone can think well of me. It takes away from my time spent with God. It takes away from me exalting Him. Somehow, I've got to get out of my head that God and I can be exalted together. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It's so damaging to God when I want to be lifted up. So damaging. It doesn't make him look very powerful. It doesn't make him look very big in my life. It makes him look small. It makes him look like he's a human. So now we're ready to go. Now we're ready to go. Let's uh, let's continue on. Um. Verse 4 here. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Turn real quick to 1 Corinthians 12. This explains this. This is the first time here in Romans that Paul um, talks about this. This this one body in Christ. It's like, what, what, what does that mean? Let's just quickly read through um, uh, Romans tw- or 1 Corinthians 12, uh, starting in verse 12. This gives us a really good idea of what he's talking about. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. 
For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less of a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would, we, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But, that, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would be the, where the, the body where would the body be, sorry. <clears throat> As it is, there are many parts of the body, yet one. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the hand to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unrepresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. There they may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Okay, so we, we see the comparison that uh, Paul is using here in 1 uh, Corinthians of, of the body of our physical body being compared to the body of Christ, the spiritual body. And it's the same thing. Um, the, the, the God, God saves us and, and desires us to become a member in the body. And he desires that all of the body be represented, all the parts. And not one part is better than another. All the parts are necessary. Just how he built us, how he made us. Um, can you imagine walking without without toes? We don't think of them much, but um, without toes, we, we have no balance. Um, just the different joints and the, you know, we think of the outward hand, but what about the pieces and parts inside of that and all the, just the different things that we're made up of. Um, they work, our body works because every part is working together for the good of the rest of the body. <clears throat> You know what happens when part of your body, your physical body, goes down? You know, your, your back gets thrown out, and these muscles that are around it, they, tr they try to help out, right? So this, as part of, one part of your body suffers, the other part says, I'm going I'm to help out. And it's just natural. You don't have to think to your body and beg and ask your body, um, hey, uh, muscle, will you, will you move over here and pick this up and help this out? It, 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 it does it. It's just natural. And so it should be with us as we are saved into the body of Christ that we understand, we get that we are saved, it says, one to another, right? We don't have individual lives anymore. Um, and that's a good thing. I don't have to fight this fight on my own. I get, that's awesome. I don't have to be an individual anymore. That's awesome. I get to be a part of a functioning body. That's great because these are this is the only area I'm gifted in. I'm just a toe. <laughs> but with four other toes, man, and a heel and an arch, I'm, I'm a foot. This is great. And when I go down, I got a brother that picks me up. But, but what happens? What happens when the back is out for a while? And, and, and this muscle's over here, and it's carrying the load for a long time. 
It, it, it begins to get weak when another part of the, it needs to be lined back up into the right part of the body. Every, every part playing its spine, you've got to be helping us out here. You've got to get back here, right? So, I mean, you guys have had a, a neck out or a back out for a while, and it, and it gets to, it wears on everything else, doesn't it? It just wears on the parts that are trying to support it. And guys, that's what happens in our church today a lot of times is where so many of us are saved into the body of Christ, but there's only a few parts that are working sometimes. There's only a few parts that are working, and, and they, get, they get worn out. It's like, I'll, I'll, I'll come over here, and I'll do, I'll, I'll do this too, and we've got some... Some uh, fantastic servants that are willing to do things, but man, I just see some, you know, I won't name any names, but some specific people, they've been great servants, and they're just getting wore out. Some of them are in, you know, in children's ministry, and they're just, it's like this is, I mean, they're beside themselves, you know? That's not a proper operation of the body of Christ, is when we're taxing different people in the body. That's not a healthy body. Think of tug of war, right? And, and what happens as we, there's two of us that start out. Ryan started this church, you know, by himself, obviously with Christ as the head. And, and he was the, I, I did this, I did this. And then all of a sudden this guy comes on and, and he's pulling. And then what happens? You gain momentum, right? We gain momentum when different people come and do their part. And no part's any more significant in tug-of-war, is it? Is the, is the best part, or is the front any better than the third one? Or is this fifth one any better than the seventh one? No, nobody thinks about that. We just think we are a part of this team, and look at the momentum that we've got. What happens, though, when people just, oh, wait a minute, i got to tie my shoes. You guys ever do that in PE, this, and all of a sudden these people fall down? Oh, crud, you know? And then it just goes back this way, doesn't it? Or at best, people are just like, Dig in, guys, dig in, you know? And maybe you can sustain it for a little while, right? Maybe you can sustain from, from falling flat on our face for a little while. So it's the same thing with the, with the body of Christ. You know, we have different people. Maybe they, they, they serve for a little bit, but, but you know, I got some other things I got to be doing here. You know, I did this for a season. I mean, what do you want out of me? You know? And so... The, the body of Christ operates best. We're saved into this body of Christ um, um, that, that, that is one body that has different members that work with and for one another. People are hurting, we hurt with them. When people are rejoicing, we rejoice with them. We're willing to step up anywhere and everywhere. We just look at it and we go, what, whatever. I just get to be a part of this body. This is incredible. Um, who wants to be a part of a body that's gossipy, that's stabbing each other in the back, that's pointing the finger at somebody else and going, yeah, look at me and my, look how good I am, but look at, look at them. Who wants to join that body? Who wants to be a part of that body? How we, do, we need to be doing our parts and doing them with, with gladness. <laughs> <clears throat> I'll give you uh, one example of this that's just really cool. I know it's not, it's, 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 it's outside of the church, but this is a, just a, 
a good picture for me. I think it was in 96 that we had the flood in Prineville. Is that right? Somewhere around there? And um, it was, a, you know, the huge flood, for those of you who don't know, and it started just, just, you know, wasn't wiping out Prineville or anything, but for, for, for Prineville, for Central Oregon, I mean, this was a, a very big deal. It wasn't like a hurricane force and people were drowning, but it was a big deal. It was getting into other, it was getting into, into houses and, and it was uh, doing a lot of damage and stuff. And I remember that, uh, you know, um, I was working at a mill at that time and, and the mill shut down and everybody just, just closed shop and people on this side of, um, of Prineville, um, they weren't affected by it, but they came. Everybody played a part in, in helping. Everybody gave. They saw that there's a need. They saw that there's a, you know, you know, a problem here, but they, they see that there's a need and everybody, everybody helped out. Everybody joined arms. They didn't wait. I'm not trained in this. I've never really uh, seen this before. So I don't think I'm, this probably isn't, this isn't, this isn't for me here, but no, people were throwing sand in the back of their trucks and driving down the road. They break an axle and, you know, everybody's, you know, working hard uh, for the for the common good of the community of Prineville, see, they they work together, join arm in arm, not going. I want to, I want to be the guy that gets to drive the truck. I want to, I want to do that, and you can do this. And it was, or I've got to be trained. No, it's just people saw a need, and they saw that you know they they get it. These are my fellow people. These are my fellow Prinevillians here. You know, they got water coming in their house. I want to help. I can help. I can be that. I can help out in that. And so that what, an, what, a, what a great picture that was. And uh, this, this leads us into um, this leads us into the, the, the next part, the um, next few verses here, which is, okay, so now that we, we, are, we, we want to help, and now that we've got momentum, now, okay, so we've, we're worshiping God, and, and we've been renewed, and, and we have uh, this will that wants to serve, and, and now we've, uh, we've looked back at grace, okay, and now we see that it's grace where we need to start from, um, and that we're saved into the body of Christ. God gifts us. God gifts us to move in that area. So let's, uh, let's look at the next couple of verses here. Six. Oh, no wonder it didn't look right. Still in First Corinthians here. Rory was trying to teach that passage earlier this week. <laughs> didn't know it had come to light here. Um, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in his generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Okay, so you look at some of these guys, and, and some of these guys in the flood, you know, they were, they were breaking their... Tr- they, they were trying, they were going, they were doing, they wanted to be a part, but they weren't very gifted in what they were doing. They didn't... <laughs> You know, so they were kind of a detriment at times. They break down and they get in the way. And, and so God here, you know, he wants us to, he's, he's gifting us in certain areas. Certain areas, that, you know, um, that, that we may already have some ability and, you know, giving us uh, more power in that through the Holy Spirit. And so that's why we, we have gifts is so that God can continue to edify the rest of the body. We see that uh, um, Paul lists, you know, some about 27 different gifts uh, there's no exhaustive list. It's listed, I think, you know, about four times 
Uh, some of them overlap the gifts. And um, so, so we, we learn from that. We kind of conclude from that that the list really isn't the main thing. The list of the spiritual gifts isn't the real focus behind the spiritual gifts. Rather, it's that um, we are moving, and while we're worshiping God, we're going to be doing something, and God is gifting us with just things to do, things to be a part of the body, things to be a benefit to the body. It isn't that these are the gifts and there are no more, or you have to look, and let's see, that's, this is what I do here, this is what we do, this, this is here. And it isn't a, God didn't leave this list for us. It isn't his, okay, now I'm up here, and I need you guys to do some stuff for me here now. He didn't punish us with this list. It isn't, you know, we talk about spiritual gifts sometimes, and it's like, oh my gosh. It's just kind of a drag. I've got to do these things. Well, if we come at it with a right heart from grace, right? We're, we're here at the cross, and we just want to serve. We want to be a part of it. We're worshiping God. We're going to be doing something. So these gifts are a, are, are a get-to thing, but they're not the main thing. They're not the thing. It's just the manifestation of what's in our heart, okay? And so in that, though, God has gifted us differently. Uh, first off, let's... let's uh, well, I'll just uh, flip back real quick to, to 1 Corinthians 12, and in verse 7, verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So we see that in, in verse 7 there, that all of us have got gifts, at least one gift. We're all gifted as we become members of the body of Christ. So the first thing that we see is, is that we do have gifts, and uh, the second thing that we see is that um, they're going to be a, a benefit to the body of Christ. Okay, so um, we, we also see that uh, in verse 6 here, it says prophecy in proportion. We see that the gifts are in different proportion. That some of us may have lesser of a gift than somebody else. Somebody like Rory has got a gift of teaching, um, and it's an obvious gift that he's been given to a higher level. Some people are, are still able to teach, but this, you know, there's different levels. It's, 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 it's proportionate. Uh, God has given us a measure of faith that talks about earlier in the chapter. So, so God grants to us these gifts. He gives it to us, and we're to exercise in these. Uh, and if you notice these here in, in our um, verses here, you've got teaching, you've got serving, they, they, they're, they're even overlapping. And I was like, this is, okay, this is what you do, and this is what he does. It's service, right? It's all of us should be looking to be a part of the body wherever we can. Okay, we're going to help out wherever we can. What, let's go back to Ryan starting the church. Okay, there's, there's two people. Okay, so I don't have anybody that's, I'm not a good administrator, so I'm not going to administrate. So where's the, you're going to have to step up and, and, and fill the things, fill the voids, and that's what we do in the body of Christ. We, we joyfully, we gladfully, you know, or with gladness, we, we, we fill a void. We fill a need. We look and we see it. And as the body grows and as we're gaining momentum, we see where we're, um, we, we see where, where we're edifying the body. And that's what these gifts are for, is for the edification of the body. So we look and we go, okay, am I edifying the body? If I'm up here teaching and everybody's sleeping, that's not my gift, no matter if I, how much I may think that is or not. If I'm doing the books or, or organizing things and, and, and nothing's working and we're falling apart. I don't have the gift of administration. So pray about what your gifts are. Pray that God will give you strength in your gifts and just go out working. Be busy. 
Be busy and see what it is that God would have you do. And look to others and ask others, you know, do you guys see my gifts? Um, if you see it working, if you see people following, or if you see it benefiting the body of Christ, that's your gift. That's one of your gifts, okay? Sometimes we make it this, you know, a little bit too big of a deal and it's too hard for me to figure out. I don't, I don't know. And just pray about it and just be busy working. And if it's blessing people, you're gifted in that area to some level. The body of Christ, as we touched on earlier, it, it begins to break down when, when, when individuals um, take their gifts and, and, then, and they keep them for themselves. They house them in their own body. They don't, they don't allow it to be a part of the, the, the rest of the body. Um, when individuals do this, what they're doing is they're taking their gifts. Why are they taking their gifts? Because they forgot where they should be coming from, and they're, they're worshiping something else. They're, they're worshiping another God. They're worshiping, um, the, you know, God, gods that it can even seem good. Um, it, they can be um, a good thing as long as they're not a God thing. Um, work. We need to be working, um, and we need to be pr- providing for our families. But when this becomes our pursuit, and when we use our gifts here, maybe, um, say we, the, the gift of exhortation, and we, we get guys fired up at work, and we can get guys moving, and we can, you know, or the gift of administration, and we use that, and we only use those in the secular world, you're, you're, you're taking, you're holding back from the body of Christ, or, or teaching. Some of you have got, I know a lot of you have got the ability to teach, and some at, at higher levels, and uh, what some people do with that gift is they go out, and, and they'll teach kids how to, how to play softball, and, uh, and those are good things, right? But when that becomes the main thing, that's become an idol. I'm, I'm using my gift, but I'm using it in an area that's not benefiting the body of Christ. No, no, don't hear me. I'm not advocating that we only use um, our gifts um, here, and we do nothing out in community, but God gave us the, the gifts for what? for the edification of his body, of the body of Christ, to grow, to gain momentum in that body. So we have the ability as well here um, to be generous. God's given us an ability to to give, to to donate uh, financially. And if all we do is spend it on us or other things or other people or whatever it is, and we don't, and we're not giving to the body of Christ and to the needs of Christ. Not that God needs our money, but if if, if we're never um, uh, using that need for the good of the body of Christ, uh, we've created an idol over here. So we see also getting back to these gifts, okay. We see the last few gifts. I had to underline in my Bible. I'm going to try to, okay. Paul is talking about this. He's excited. Remember, he's, um, he's exhorting these guys. You know, he's exhorting this, this group of people, um, the, the Roman church here, um, that this is, the, the, this is our, our reasonable response. We're worshiping and, and we're going forward and this is what it looks like. And, and, and we're going to be using these gifts and here's some of these gifts in service. And he gets down to the last one and even... He even starts, he, he's just so excited, he's even telling us how, how it should be. The one who contributes with generosity, not just contributing, but with generosity. The one who leads with zeal. 
not just not just leading it's with zeal um the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness so it's you know we don't do these gifts begrudgingly we we do these gifts out of this heart remembering the cross never moving forward without the cross we, 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 move these, or we uh, do these gifts remembering the cross and the grace that God has given. We're worshiping him, and we do these things with a cheerful heart. It's a joy to be doing these gifts. It isn't a have to. What we don't want, we don't want someone to come back to the children's ministry. Yeah, I've got to do this. And they come back in there and all help out now. And it's just this bad attitude, this bad, you know, aroma in the room with this it, with this wrong heart this wrong motive and then and then it's like yeah i'm the only one back here now and then pride wells up what happened to that person well they're they're, they're looking at it the wrong way they're looking at it, this is a to-do list this is god's chore list that i have to do that they missed that where where were you you got saved right yeah yeah be a part let's be a part of this awesome body right so as we're exercising these gifts, you guys, um, let's do it with, a, with an awesome heart. There's so many areas in our church um, uh, that, that you can serve, that you can be a part of, that you can, you know, I know that there's some of you out there right now going, I'm not sure where my gift is. Maybe ask some guys that, that, that you hang out with or start doing something, you know, and as you're, um, you know, doing something and you're helping out and all you ever do is put a hole in the wall with a hand, you know, that's probably... Stop there. <laughs> well, you know, move on to something else. You know, there's plenty of opportunities to serve. But, but before you go and just serve so that the elders get off your back or that somebody else or you make your wife happy or you can work on your pride and even build yourself up, go, go back to the cross and remember why it is that we serve. Remember who it is that we get to serve and what a privilege it is that we get to serve. God, when we, guys, when we, when, we, when we forget the cross, we continue on our path of worship. And the problem is, it, it goes into two areas. If you stay, and this is an area that I can tend to get into, if you, you, you may stay the course and the things that look like they're from Christ. It may, you may be busy and you may be involved in the church, but it comes from a heart of pride. It comes from a heart of self. Or, so I'm worshiping me. I'm worshiping my time. I'm worshiping, look at Kevin. I've removed God from the throne. Or you just completely start worshiping something, you know, else over here. It's all, it's, it's all bad. It's all bad. We start worshiping other, other idols and things in the world. It went bad for the Israelites. You guys see that? It went bad. It never worked. It never worked. Look at David. Look at King David. He never put other thrones in front of himself for more than just a time. And we all have these idols. And, and, and he put Bathsheba. He put that lustful throne in his life in front of God for a time. But it was removed. You guys, we've got to be continuing to looking for those thrones, those other, those other rivals of God on, the, on his throne, on the place that's rightfully his, and want to remove them from there. Look at those. It's what we did last night in our group, and I'm sure in a lot of groups, is what in my life is wrong? What in my life, not where am I, you know, I, I, I sin everywhere, but what in my life, what am I worshiping? Where is that idol at? God, help me remove that.
David messed up time and time again. But look at Psalms. I mean, he absolutely worshipped God. He got that part right. Remember the cross. Remember the cross. Get back there. Stay there. I love in Psalm 51. God, create in me a clean heart. And, and the, my, my favorite line in there is, 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 bring me back to the, to the joy of your salvation. Bring me back to there. God, I've sinned against you and you alone. That's already, but bring me back to that. So you guys just want to encourage you, um, uh, just remember the cross. Take time to reflect back on what God has done for you. What did Jesus say when he's with his disciples? You know, this is my body. It's broken for you. I, it's broken for you. Remember me. Have communion. Do this in remembrance of me. Don't forget. You'll get busy and you'll get doing. Don't do that. We see how bad that went for the church of Ephesus. Had that in my notes and I skipped right over that. <laughs> it went poorly for the church of Ephesus. We see there in Revelations 2.2 2, that they forgot their first love. They're doing all these things that are, that are great, that look great. They're in service. They're, 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 they're calling um, uh, false teachers, false teachers. They're exercising church discipline. They're, they're patiently enduring. They're doing a lot of awesome things. But God said, I have this against you. You forgot your first love. You forget me. You're not staying here at the cross. That's not, that's not what you're doing. You've got a different idol now, and it's being right. It's doing the right thing in church. It's impressing other people. It's, it's drawing people in. Don't forget it. Don't forget it, or I will remove your lampstand. You will be gone. You'll be gone. It says, remember what you did at first. What's the first thing that you did? Remember back in Acts chapter 18, I believe it is. Confess your sin. Confess it in its open confession. You know how powerful it is when you gotta, you're looking at a guy and you say, I'm struggling with porn. That's me. I'm struggling with porn or I'm, I'm struggling with alcohol or I'm, I'm, I'm hitting my wife. I've got an anger problem or I've got this giant pride problem or I'm embarrassed about God in front of other people? You think that doesn't bother him? I've got major problems, but I'm going to confess them. They confess their sin. They burn their idols. That's what we're talking about here. They burn their idols, and they extolled God. They worshiped God. Let's pray. God, I just pray that um, that would be us. God, I pray that we would burn our idols. And I think of, of Mike and just newly saved and how Wayne and he went out and burned all of his witchcraft books, all of the different things that were uh, rivals to the throne, God, to your throne. Got rid of them and said, no more. God, let that be us. Let us not think that was a one-time thing when we were saved. God, I, I burned those idols back then. And now I'm a Christian and now everything's all right. And I, yeah. And we, and we forget about the grace, God, and we forget about the fact that um, it's a continual 
thing of, of worship. We're worshipers. God, help us to remember that we're always worshiping. We're perpetual idol makers, God. Help us to burn the idols in our life. God, the guys that have been saved for, for, for many years. God, some of us, some of, some of those guys, God, have got the most idols. The walk may look really good, but it's like the church of Ephesus. It's a lot of church stuff. There's no heart in it for you. There's no love of God. God, grant us the ability to love you rightly. God, weaken our souls. Crush our pride, God. Deliver us from our own high places that we've put above you. God, forgive us. Forgive us for our sin. Forgive us for looking back at the time when we were saved and just glancing back at it from time to time. Forgive us for looking back on it and kind of thinking about it on Easter. God, we see what it does to men when we dwell upon it, God. It crushes us. God, we're so grateful for what you saved us from. God, help us to see the need to worship you. The right, the privilege, the get to God to worship you. And God, as in it was we move, God, as we learn what you would have us to do and you, you gifted us with these spiritual gifts, may we be excited, God, to, to just walk in these gifts. May we be excited to get to do something for other people. May we, get to, may we be excited to get to be a part of this body, to help, to lift up, to encourage, to admonish. God, and as we're a part of this body, I pray that others would come alongside us and, and help us. God, I pray, pray it would just be a beautiful thing. God, help us to gain momentum in Calvary Chapel, Prineville, and all the other places that are represented here today, God. Give us momentum in our men. God, work in our hearts. Help us to see you. Help us to see our idols, God. Help us to see clearly the things that or this distraction to you, God. I just pray that, that you would have no rival on our thrones. God, even if just for the rest of today, let us, let us walk in, in just awesomeness of you, just to, just to, maybe we'd have a hard time even having fun, God, just, just to be able to lift you up in our thoughts and our hearts. God, give us each a, a quiet time, maybe today, to just think back to the time when we were just at our weakest, God, when we were at our dirtiest, when we looked horrible in front of you. We were sick, twisted individuals, God, and right there, you loved us. God, why did you do that? You could have started over. You could have just wiped us out, said no more, nobody, yeah, I'm going to do this again. And you didn't do that. By your grace, you said, I love you. God, all the men in this room have had the opportunity to hear that. What a privilege. God, what a privilege. We love you and we thank you. Bless the rest of this day, God. In Jesus' name, amen.